Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the latest, everybody? This is Ronnie Flores with your co-host Ani Amani in the In the Paint Show, presented by Ball is Life. Ani, we're on episode one twelve. We keep plugging along as COVID keeps plugging along, and the basketball season keeps plugging along. Right? I mean. There's no stopping any of it. There's no stopping what we're doing. There's definitely no stopping COVID, and, and the basketball season keeps moving forward. Obviously, we still have some, you know, some delays. We got a few games canceled and postponed here and there, but for the most part, you know, games are going on, and it was a big weekend over Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Obviously, it's traditionally a big weekend, probably the biggest weekend of the regular season, realistically, when you don't, you know, especially in showcase-type setting, players and teams from all over the country go to events, you know, various events. Obviously, the two most famous ones are, are the Springfields. So Springfield, Missouri, Bass Pro, and, you know, Springfield, Massachusetts, where the end, Hall of Fame is, the International Hall of Fame, or the Basketball Hall of Fame, I should say, in Springfield, Massachusetts. So, you know, what's your kind of recollection of those two events? And, you know, obviously Bass Pro has just great attendance, great uh, fan interest, and then obviously of the hoopball. <clears throat> yeah, well, first off, you, you're absolutely right about the COVID and us, right? Like, <laughs> neither yeah. is, uh, well, COVID is going to be here for a minute, and uh, and then uh, we just we just keep rolling. So, uh, but no, like, my recollection from, uh, you know, from both events, I mean, it's always been MLK, Weekend because not a whole lot goes on in Texas. Sure, you sure. you you get a um you you that's really where I watch a lot of my basketball. Yeah, uh, watch games and stuff. Yeah, just binge watch games and and just watch and watch and watch. You know, especially now that the games are on ESPN, you you can or ESPN three and stuff like that. Like now, just being able yeah. to just sit in and watch. You know, those those games have been uh <clears throat> just been been really good. I mean, I, next year I plan on going. Uh, out there, but just the overall, just just to binge watch high, really good high school basketball games. That's uh, just been an experience. There's so many good games, like you said, and so many of them are on ESPN Plus, ESPN Three, which mm. whatever, whatever the you know the official name of it is, and obviously right. right. ESPNU, and you know it's changed a lot. Obviously, I worked for ESPN for five years. I'm not really sure if you know all the details, <clears> about it, but I worked there from about 2008 to 2012, 2013. I didn't know that so, long. Yeah, they were they were not really we were not really at that time 
the stream wasn't really to where we wanted it. Meaning, like, we knew it was coming as a company. We did some, but like now, <laughs> pretty much almost TV quality. Or if it's not TV quality, you don't have a good stream. You know right, what I mean? Right. We've right. done some with Balls Life. We we stream some games. Obviously, the All American game and some others, but. You know, so nowadays, like you said, it does the production of a stream is probably one fifth to one sixth of the production of a TV game. So, I mean, just that's going to be how it is in the future. And it's exciting to see where that's that's gone, uh, you know, over the years. And obviously, right. you can see more players from around the country, you can see more good games. And obviously, there was a lot of a lot of good games and, and there will continue to be, you know, as we as we plug toward the playoffs. But, you know, it was a big week. And a big weekend, and we know we updated the Fab 50 rankings, including Monday's MLK. It's always a special uh, edition because we include that Monday because it makes no sense to release it on Sunday or Monday, and, and then all the rankings are just blown up because <laughs> right. on Monday everybody, you know, another team wins. So you just go through Monday. I've done that. So I, I've done that for probably 15 years or so. But I, I see that the other rankers, the other pollsters do it as well now. So that's cool. I mean, I'm glad that they do. Transetta. Yeah, they, they, they're awesome. <laughs> It makes those, you know, if you put out rankings on Sunday, they're a wash on Monday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely, because there's a lot of big games on Monday. So yeah, it's just... <laughs> there's a lot of big games on Monday. So we'll go over that in a minute. But I want to get your high-level take, kind of probe in the pain a little bit, just on a topic. Dr. King, obviously he was assassinated somewhere, I believe, in Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. 1968. It's, it's just so crazy. He was assassinated. Then Robert Kennedy, John Kennedy's brother, was assassinated like – Months, couple months later in Los Angeles. So it was turbulent time in America at that time. I know there was riots. There was things going on. Um, so when you when you think of Dr. King, what do you think of? And then honestly, point blank, do you think all these events across the country do enough to really honor his legacy? Oh, I think of Dr. King, I think of just a, just a push for equality, right? And a push for, you know, African-Americans to... Uh, yeah, just to, just to receive equal treatment and and the way he did it, and and trying to be in a more peaceful manner, you know, you really respect yeah. that, right? Um, sure. So like Dr. King is, <clears throat> you know, we <laughs> he's a big part of oh yeah, let's do what we're doing today. So uh, I would say like just the events, I don't think they do enough in really commemorating Dr. King or doing more, you know. I, yeah. I would say this maybe when I was younger, when I would do watching, you saw more talk more about Dr. Martin Luther King. And I think now, like this past weekend, there wasn't a whole lot no. about him. Uh, just talking yeah, about him. And, big, maybe these events are so big, they've taken on a life of their own. It's not really right. Right. Like him. you, you almost, it's like you're doing the event because it's a three day holiday yeah. more so than it's <clears throat> in commemoration for. What MLK for what this person did, <laughs> right? Right, celebrate this person's life for sure. I'm with you on that again. I mean, you don't you're running a basketball event, you don't want to uh kind of like kill, I, I guess, like maybe beat a, beat a drum too much. So I, I understand that, but it's not really beating enough, you know, like right, not really much doing. So, uh, you know, you want to be cordial, but you also want to be, I guess, authentic. You don't want to make it seem like you're going to doing it just to say it and do things just to do it. Like, <laughs> right. Like they don't fit what you're doing, but I kind of get that angle a little bit, but yeah, I think overall more needs to be done. Obviously, you know, he, uh, 
he means so much to a lot of Americans, especially as time goes by. I mean, it's just now it's going on 55 years, right? I mean, he's been, hasn't been, he hasn't been around longer than he lived. That's what's pretty crazy. You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it has been 55 years. Yeah. Yeah. He only lived to 39, I believe. So he doesn't, he just seemed much older. You know how he, the way he talked eloquently and like yeah, what how he, wise he was. not like he was like fifty five years old, but he wasn't. You know what I mean? Very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, that is just something that you know. Well, we, we continue to talk about that, but yeah, it's it's. I hope people out there. Obviously, we didn't get to see a bunch of events, but we we, we concentrate on like two or three of them. But mm-hmm. MLK games. But hopefully, people out there and and the smaller scale ones are honoring him in some way. Because you know, again, obviously, the power of TV can can do a lot to to spread. Absolutely, that. <clears throat> media has a lot of influence. Yeah, exactly. So you know, let's get into it a little bit here. Hard in the paint, uh, MLK weekend. You mentioned it. You called it on episode one eleven. You were like, "No way, Cameron's going to go three and Obviously, they were number five in the Fab Fifty. They go one and two. Uh, talk a little bit about that, Ani, and what you saw of the games that you that you watch uh, Camden, the Panthers, obviously they have a great team, but tough weekend for them, but doesn't mean they can't finish strong. Absolutely. No, the Monverde game, Monverde just got on them early, had a quick start. Yeah. Uh, Camden just really struggled. I would say like the, the physicality, uh, especially in, in the paint, you know, <clears throat> uh, Monverde really took advantage of, of them. I thought just a slow start by Camden or Monverde and you get Monverde a big lead early or just, you know, momentum early, they're really hard to beat, no matter who you are. Uh, Calvary Christian, uh, but I thought in the Monverde game, they kind of came around a little bit. They got in the rhythm, and I don't think I don't think they lost by what, 12 or 14 points. Yeah. Um, and then the Calvary Christian game, I mean, they just got punched in the mouth. I mean, uh, Greg Glenn, Taylor Hendricks, <clears throat> who, will, who I'll talk about more, um, the 2023 yeah. kid, the uh, French kid. I mean, they just really went out. The Cal- Calvary was just really intercepting passing lanes, playing fast. I think I want to say Camden underestimated them. It didn't, but it just looked like they weren't prepared for that matchup. Yeah. Now maybe think you know, in Camden's, you look at a Camden and they have a forty-four game winning streak. It ends against Montverde. So, was it just like you said, the preparation, or did they have a big hangover they had to get from Metro to? Who Paul? I don't know how much that big of play to roll. That was Thursday night, Saturday, or they were just the better team won on that day. Yeah, I just think the better team won on that day. Um, Well, yeah, I just think they weren't prepared. I I wouldn't say that Calvary, Calvary, but Calvary just brought it to them. I think Calvary showed that they're a lot better than you know that they're a really really good team, and you know they're they're a lot better than what people thought. So, sure. uh, but I don't think Camden was prepared for it. I don't think they're what 20 points better than them. <laughs> no, yeah, they, I think the lead might've got up to 29 at some point. Yeah. I, yeah, I did. So I just think it's just lack of preparation with a team that talented like Camden. They're not, they shouldn't be down on 20 like something like any team in the country. Correct. Yeah. I mean, if they can play Montverde pretty close, yeah, they, they shouldn't be down like you said. And then obviously they, have a you know another game Monday, so they got to come back. You know now you're like okay, you guys, let's put it together. So they were, were able to put it together. Mm-hmm. Milton and it seems like you know Cyan Medley and and DJ Wagner, their junior guards, played a lot better. Um, I think Cyan had a twenty 
two points and and DJ Wagner had 21 points. So, you know, they 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 stepped it up, they turned it around and trying to get off the snide a little bit. So to to finish the weekend one and two. Right, right. No, they did. I, that Milton game was definitely a bounce back game. Um played with more energy, like you said. Um guard play was better. DJ Wagner was a lot better, just more consistent. Kind of had a rough showing the first two games, but I thought Milton was good bounce back and Milton, you know. We've seen how they were uh, oh, yeah. in the city of Palms, you know. <laughs> and uh, they, yeah, you know, they made a good run. Yeah, they made a good run. So for them to show good bounce back, because it's easy to, especially that Calvary Christian game, yeah. you know how it is with those teenagers. It's just the Montverde game you're ready for, then you lose, then the Calvary yeah. Christian game you lose, and then you got Monday game, and it's like – you yeah. start, you know, kids can start questioning themselves, right? Oh, and I ain't just kids, you know, staff could potentially. So for them to bounce back against a good Milton team, that was, that was important. That was, that was probably more impressive. That was the most impressive part of their win for me. Yeah, for sure. Cause like you said, things can go bad, especially after you won 44 and then right. you lose two in a row. So, you know, again, and you can't, like you said, you can't discount Camden completely because Roselle's a good team. They yeah. won there. So Camden drops this week to number 16. They have to take a bump bump down, obviously. But they still got to be in front of Roselle. So, you know, we'll see how that goes there in New Jersey and how they, you know, they still got upcoming games. They got to play Sierra Canyon at Barclays. They still got some some games that are tough that, they, you know, that they can show that they can bounce back and finish with the higher rating. So Absolutely. That, that was very interesting. <laughs> um, Calvary Christian, you mentioned them, how good they played. So Calvary Christian, ironically – Camden beat Milton. Calvary Christian's only losses to Milton. So <laughs> figure <laughs> yeah. that. You know, it's right. like, you know, what are the chances of that? But that's just how it worked out. But you know, give Calvary Christian some credit. They're up to 19 this. They went from 19 to 11. So they're up, what is that, eight spots this week? So mm-hmm. they're 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 knocking on the top 10, and they really are that good, like you mentioned. Many people get a little surprised because there's three really good uh, teams that are part of the state association there in Florida that play for state titles. They don't all play in the same division division, but you got Calvary, Dr. Phillips, and you know, the third team, Orlando Christian prep. So like we've talked about them before. That's, those are really good teams. So, I mean, just give you a, a sense of how good Cal- uh, Calvary's played. They yeah. beat number 14, North Little Rock. They've beaten Camden 16. They've beaten Greensboro Day, number 23. And they've beaten Orlando Christian Prep, number 27. So, like you said, that's a that's a pretty hell of a season. And to get that big win on right. national TV, everybody's seen you, and you're beating Camden by, what, 20 points? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, the, you know, Allen and the, that group of players, wow, you know, kudos to them. They're having a great season. Let's see how they finish. And they they honestly are putting themselves in the, in the Geico Nationals uh, mix because – you know, the Florida teams that win a state championship mm-hmm. are eligible for that end of the season event. Obviously, we'll go over that as it gets closer, as we get more results, but who we think might make it. But we're still a little bit, maybe about a month off from that. But Calvary's definitely making a strong statement there. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, what stood out to you most about the games over the weekend? It could be at Hoopa, it could be at you know, Bass Pro. Besides what we just discussed, any player or any things stick stick out to you there uh man i i, I would say just i i just enjoy watching just the high level basketball sure. um um one thing i would note like keontae george uh performance against Monverde. obviously his player of the game has 17 and three 
I really loved how he just kind of competed on the defense. And there's some there, like Keontae's motor has really increased since, okay. uh, you know, since joining IMG. Obviously, his body's changed. He's yeah. just, you know, he's trying to contribute in other ways, which, you know, we always know he's a prolific scorer. Sure. But just him doing the other things uh, just have really, really impressed me. Taylor Hendricks, <laughs> I'm going to say it. I, I just really enjoyed watching him play that Camden yeah. game, just seeing at his size, his versatility offensively. Uh, as a stretch guy, a six ten, yeah. and just you know how he just impacted the game, and I mean, I was I was really really impressed with him. South, South Florida got steal. Uh, yeah, sounds that. like yeah, South Florida got a great player. So yeah, I see what you're saying. Some some guy that just kind of catches your eye or it has a big performance, and 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 that was for them and, and and for him. So it's it's great to see a guy like that get national more and more national recognition. Obviously, we knew. Calvary was going to be good in the preseason. Maybe not exactly this good, but I'm I'm with you on that. You know, let's let's move forward to the Fab 50 and talk a little bit about that. I said, you know, obviously all the results on on Monday. So we had uh, Camden losing, which we already discussed, and Sierra Canyon lost in the championship game of the Bass Pro. And I don't know if you got to see much of that, but Sierra oh, Canyon, yeah. <laughs> dropped, you know. Their second game, they lost to Duncanville, which is at number two. Duncanville obviously still rolling at 19 and one as we record this podcast on a, on a Tuesday. But you you you'll know there are more results coming in. I, 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 I think I think they're 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 uh, they're handling their opponent pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah, I think they're playing tonight, so they might be playing yeah. a district game and rolling on to the next win. But, right. You know, so they lose, meaning five and six. So that's Camden and. And and uh, Sierra Canyon, so Corona Centennial takes that spot. Now Corona Centennial has only lost to Duncanville too. Again, there wasn't much difference. I don't think. Now maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. If you think something like there wasn't much difference in Centennial losing to Duncanville and Sierra Canyon losing to Duncanville. No, like one of them did much worse or better. Like you know, they, no, they it was not the same. Comparable. Yeah, it was comparable. You know what yeah. I mean? So Centennial goes up, and now. Sierra Canyon drops because they lost 72-65 in that championship game to a pretty, you know, young Paul the Sixth team. They do got one senior that kind of mm-hmm. leaves them. Um, McDaniel, you know, a uh, mm-hmm. small point guard. It was been around for four years. Nasir Doug McDaniel, he's done a great job. They have some good young players, and they have a good team. So they dropped to number 10, but they've actually split. They don't fall much further because they split with them. Um, Paul the Six, they beat mm-hmm. him in the Iolani Hawaii tournament in the That's championship game. So they, mm-hmm. they have a split. So they've they've uh you know they've done some they've had some good wins. So want to get your take. Obviously, Amari Bailey, uh top five guy, signed with UCLA. He played in this tournament and he hasn't played in a lot of games, but he came back. You know, what did you kind of see there as they were trying to make a comeback? They kind of got down to double digits. And you know, I'll give you my take, but I want to see what you what you think about it because they got a lot of talent, but they didn't really they didn't really put it together to, you know, give their play at their maximum peak in that in that game. Or in that <clears throat> yeah, that that game was uh, again. I just don't think they they just didn't look as prepared. You can tell. Uh, uh, it's, it's, let me make sure I say it. it's uh, John Paul. Yeah, fair the sixth. 
the six. Yeah, yeah, okay. Paul, Paul, Paul the six. Yeah, Paul the six. Okay, I was gonna make sure I was saying it right. Paul the six really came at him. I love how how McDaniel's played and how the team they just got after it. But like you said, Sierra Canyon has a compilation of talent from you know Kanjani Wright, Bronny James, Amari Bailey <clears throat> is now in the fold. I like how Amari was in transition, just using his athleticism, able to go both ways. You can see where you know it's, it's with the talent level, you know, as him as an offensive creator. But I did think like. I don't think there was much of a rhythm and much of yeah. a flow with them, especially that game. Uh, guys, you can see a little bit of more selfishness than they did in the previous games. I thought there was better ball movement in those previous games that they played. And then that championship game, I thought there was uh, the ball was a little bit more sticky. thought they were a little bit careless with it. Uh, but there just wasn't really a flow offensively. I thought Amari Bailey was fine. You know, he, he had his moments and then – you know, he didn't, you know, he had his moments where you can tell, you know, he's trying to get the rust off. But uh, yeah, you sure. definitely can tell where he can fit with them and they can be, you know, they can, you know, roll out some more wins and, you know, and, and kind of get back on track. But I thought that that championship game, you saw a lot of I saw a lot more like stickiness with the ball. I didn't see much of a flow, especially with the half court game. And I thought they were just a little careless with it. And, you know, Paul, the Sixers, they yeah. just really capitalized off their mistakes. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith, great game for uh, Paul the Six. He's a junior, 23 points. He made a lot of free throws. They, uh, Paul the Six kept getting in a line. 34 free throws they made to Sierra Canyon's nine. Sophomore Darren Harris had 11. He was eight for eight from the line. So they just have a really good team. And we'll talk a little bit about more about the teams in their conference a little later in the show. And for Mari Bailey at 18, Bronny had 13. And my take was that, you know, when you have a team that talent, they have Mike Price, who's a junior. Yeah. They got Ramel Lloyd, who's going to Nebraska. You know, he's a talented offensive player. Kajani Wright, you know, uh, going to USC. Kajani fouled out and didn't score. So, right. Right. Talent like him, you you know, you're not really getting the bond side. They've had that problem before in other games that I've watched. They got so much perimeter talent. But at the end of the game, I'm noticing Bronny and Amari are doing all the heavy lifting, especially offensively. And it's like, well, wait a minute. In the Alani tournament, Ramel Lloyd was doing the heavy lifting because <clears throat> um, Amari wasn't playing, really. So, and – Yeah, and, 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 and Paul the Six and Paul the Six didn't have much size in the front court. So, I was I was very surprised that they didn't try to beat him inside because bit. Paul the Six didn't really have much uh, front court depth. Yeah, and then you got Isaiah Ihulim. Who just mm-hmm. got eligible at the 30-day break or the 30-day transfer sit-out period in California? And like he's a top five talent in that. He's the best sophomore in California. So it's like he's only getting so many touches. So they got some wrink- wrinkles to iron out. Mm-hmm. They've done it before. Now maybe they haven't done it with this quite as much perimeter talent. They have maybe a little bit more balance, but you know, uh, Coach Andre Chevalier has done it before. So, like you said, I, I wouldn't put it past them. They can that they, they can do it. But right now it's a two-horse race in California. Corona Centennial, you can't really you can't say much about them. And they're a public school. They're a top five two school. Mm-hmm. I like that the Duncanville and Corona Centennial are in the top five. because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love like, it. Everybody's always saying, oh, the IBCs, they have all the good players. Well, wait, maybe not. You know what I mean? Like, let's let it play out. And like you said, you know, so Sarah Canning does have some things to work on. You know, it is very interesting. Again, the crowd, I know they want to see Bronny James. But he's taking a lot of shots, a lot of big shots, and it's like you got Bailey there, you got 
it's Ihalim, and Ihalim's not always in. Then you got Bromel Lloyd is he in gonna like who's gonna be on the court when it matters to win the big playoff games? That's right. we're gonna have to follow and see how that goes. And yeah, that's gonna be very interesting because again, I think it can be they can figure it out. They've done it before, and like like you said, it's probably a good problem to have. Like, who doesn't want to have that problem? <laughs> right, right. You know, right. It's, it's easier to fix that problem than a than a problem of you lack talent. <laughs> correct, correct. So well, you know, that was very interesting. So, so like you said, you know, Centennial goes up and uh, Sarah can't done far too far. So Link is up to number six now. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Link is 24 and 0 as of as of this pod. So the the first top four just all made sense. Sunrise Christian won two close games. And again, we've talked about that number one spot this year. It's been very, very, you know, you get to number one and then boom, something happens. So Sunrise survived another week. They had two close games. And and Wasatch Academy, which is unranked right now, but obviously has a lot of big game experience, they had a chance to beat them. They did. And, they did. and, and you know, just came up a little short. Uh, Willie Lightfoot, who previously played at Sunrise, you know, shot a jumper and it was it was just off. But they could have been upset. But for now, they're number one. They have the split with Montverde. Duncanville, two. IMG. Stays three. They beat Montverde. He was four. So that all made right. sense. They've beaten uh, Montverde twice. And they've lost to Sunrise, meaning IMG, and they split with Oak Hill. So Oak Hill's now, like you said, Oak Hill's kind of been our up and down team we've talked about. <laughs> they so Oak Hill had another up week. Like, you know, <laughs> Oak Hill's coming in. They're playing well. So six is Link. Seven is Richardson. Again, beat Duncanville, and they keep. Getting closer and closer to them every week. They just keep moving closer and, and closer. And they and they were in a close one tonight. Wow. They, they they beat Lake Highlands, Richardson Lake Highlands by one point. Wow. So that's on Tuesday night. Just so you watch it, that was a Tuesday night game. So mm-hmm. that fifty number seven Richardson, which is only lost to North Little Rock, escapes in district play. Again, you're gonna have games like that once in a while. That especially you know, it just happens when you play in a conference or in a district. Number eight would be Oak Hill. And Oak Hill beat Lalamere. So they split with Lalamere. They came back and beat him the second time. Then Lalamere, now this is just how crazy it is. Lalamere <laughs> beats AZ Compass Prep. Yeah. That's a big win for them. That, that really kind of elevated them. You know, the, and, you know, obviously they like they split with Oak Hill and lost the second game, but they, they beat an AZ Compass Prep team that blew Oak Hill away. So again, we talk about Oak Hill, they've just been up and down, you know. Right, right. Fluctuated. <laughs> I saw I saw Oak Hill against AZ Compass. I just I was like, wow, I haven't really ever seen Oak Hill play like this or lose like this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so kudos to Steve Smith. He's been there for a long, long, long time. And he's he can get those guys going. And obviously it makes a real big difference, I think, when Chris Livingston's playing well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Chris Livingston, um, Judah uh, Mintz. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, like guys like um, the kid that's going to LSU. Um, yeah, Devin Reed, the wing. He's been solid. Like, I think guys are just kind of starting to play their role and playing it at, at a high level. So, like you said, like Oak Hill has been the most interesting group in the top 10. <laughs> yeah, they Because next week they could be in 15. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, they just, boy, you know, we'll see what they. They have seven losses, but they're like, they're so good. They can play with anybody. Right. You know what right. I mean? Very right. interesting. So Lalamere comes in at nine, Sierra Canyon 10, Calvary 11, Oak Hill beat Gonzaga. So Gonzaga 
went to, you know, stayed 12. Gonzaga had a, uh, you know, Gonzaga's a really good team. They're in that same league that Paul the Six is the, you know, Washington Catholic Athletic Conference. But I just wanted to give people some update as we're shooting this pod. You know, Gonzaga, I believe they lost. So Gonzaga, obviously, oh, wow. <laughs> dropped their second game. Uh, they dropped the game to Bishop McNamara, who jumped into the Fab 50 this week because they had or they had previously beat uh, the in their conference play. Bishop McNamara had previously beat Paul the Six. So McNamara came in at number 22. They were undefeated, and they just beat uh, Gonzaga tonight. And as we talk about the wacky and crazy results and, and you know, how every day it changes and things happen, that, uh, you know, Paul the Six lost tonight, so, meaning Tuesday night as, as you listen mm-hmm. to the squad probably later in the week. So it's just that conference is tough. It's kind of like the NIBC before the you know, everybody talks about the NIBC, but the WCAC with those guys, <laughs> with Paul, with DeMatha, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they got about and then they got St. John's, who's always good. And, and Gonzaga, it's like, you know, between five or six of them, there's like always three or four of them that are nationally ranked. And and, and it's hard to win on the road in that conference. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That conference, like you said, that conference was basically that NIBC, yeah. you know, before that, before that NIBC. Like you said, in, the- in many respects, yeah, if you didn't follow it, no, like that's the kind of conference you want to be in. Obviously, NIBC is at a national level. Absolutely. And, and, like you said, it seems to be a little really good balance. You know, it's a big league. They have some more teams, Bishop Ironton, mm-hmm. uh, good council, and some other ones. But the top four or five are usually right in my rankings almost every year for the last 12 years. So they're they're really good. Um, wanted to move on as we talk about the, the rankings. Make sure to go check the complete list out, the updated rankings on ballislife.com. And we also want to remind you to, you know, make sure to check out our store. Uh, log on to shop.ballerslife.com. Check out all the latest Ballers Life lines and gear. And, you know, we you can check out all the podcasts we do on uh, the .com as well. So, so stay uh, logged in with us. And as we move to our next topic, uh, kind of want to get a mid-season report, Ani. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of at the halfway point of this 2021-2022 season. I, I just can't believe how fast this is going. <laughs> I remember when like COVID just started. I was like G- March of 220, and it's like, what has happened since then? <laughs> you know, we're just plugging along. But wanted to get get your take. You know, a midseason. Who are five guys that have really impressed you? And and obviously, we're not talking about the top five players in the country. And like just right. like five guys that's like they've really up their up their national value, up their stock, and it just played well. Yeah, no. Um, first, I would go Judah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> that was yours. I almost stole one of yours, uh, Scotty Middleton uh, from yeah. uh, Sunrise. I thought he's been fantastic. I think he's definitely up to stock. Just his shot creation, scoring, competing on defense, and he's been a been a, a X factor for Sunrise uh, this year. Uh, Talked about Keontae again, just. The move, like I know how much of a jump it was for Keontae to move the floor. Sure. Sure. And okay. and just even though he's always been a five-star kid, but to see him thrive in that atmosphere and just be comfortable and then play or play a role, just kind of see him in a different light as you know, in high school, 
previous years he's just been the guy, right? Sure. And now you see him as one of the guys, but knows how to be the guy when it's needed. Yeah. Um, I think he's kind of just up to stalking me as far as just his overall versatility um, yeah. and be able to impact games in other ways. Yeah, he's uh, very good in that second half and that was a 76-73 win over Montverde. Mm-hmm. Uh, IMG second win. So he had a good second half. And like you said earlier, he scored 17 points. So keep going. Yeah, no. And, and uh, you got Jordan Walsh, uh, link your prep, you know, been one of the lead guys. And they made a, a huge jump from the beginning of the year. You know, it's a first year program. And, sure, sure. you know, I think he's he's gone a lot better. Just, um, you know, he's always been an athlete. But you kind of sure. see some upside with the mid-range game, the shooting, yeah. Uh, he's rebounding it at a high level, his motor, defensive versatility. Uh, you know, a guy that was like, you know, top 30, 40 kid, you know, he's getting, you know, he's moving up. I think he's definitely has earned the right to move up into a top 20 and maybe higher. Wow. Uh, just in my opinion. And uh, another one out of Link Your Prep is Terrace Reed. Um, yeah. He's kind of grown on me. Uh, just a, 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 a Michigan commit. You know, yeah. a kid, you know, can finish in the pain, but his his, his perimeter games improved. No, I mean, just really more the shooting. Like now, yeah. able to like pick and pop, hit the mid range jumpers. He's really active as a rim protector. He's one of the better rim protectors I've seen in the country uh, this year. And uh, just kind of like his size, his mobility with his frame, and just you know his overall offense game. I think he's really uh, he's really improved. And I think he's done himself a lot of good. I was kind of skeptical at first when I first saw him, but then when they told me he was coming back from injury, yeah, uh, you know, it made sense. But now kind of seeing that he's caught a groove, I'm really liking how he's been performing. Gotcha. Yeah, those those uh guys are playing pretty well and playing, you know, playing good. And especially like you said, it's within the context of winning. Scotty Middleton, obviously, on the number one team in the country right now, he's helping them out. You know, Jordan Walsh and and. Terrence Reed are on an undefeated team that is climbing high. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I, you know, I think that's that's great, and I, I like to see those guys. Can, that's what we want. I mean, that's why we cover these guys. We want to Absolutely. see them do well and, and continue to improve. Obviously, we we when things go wrong, we report it sometimes too. But it's like nice to see things go right. We, we want to see a lot more good than bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, how about you? Which yeah. place has surprised you? Yeah, let me go over my five guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take it out west. Start out west again. We talk about quality teams and players. I Devin Williams is forward, yeah. six nine from Corona Centennial. He was always just kind of a a lanky prospect with shot blocking ability, but now he has a face up game. He can hit the three a little bit. He really impressed people at the classic at Damian. Now I've always they've had last year they had really five good prospects, right? Because Kylan Boswell was there. Right. And and <laughs> they have Jared McCain and Donovan Den, who's a steal for the University of New Mexico. Absolutely. And really good. <laughs> really, like, really good. Like a top hundred player, like top seventy-five, maybe top like Jesus, he's top sixty. Like yeah, he's no, he, you're gonna talk about stock riser. Like, yeah, he's awesome. Right. He's just playing really well. So mm-hmm. back to Devin, like I just thought for a while, like he could be their best long-term prospect, and now he's finally starting to show that, you know, like because he can defend, he can his timing on shot blocking is great. Again, and and I would say a year and a half ago, he was the weakest high school player of those five guys. Now, obviously, Kylan's moved on, but right, you know, <clears throat> but they're still rolling. They're a top five team, 
And Devin's a big reason why. Jared McCain's a big reason why. I just think he's made the big jump. He's finally becoming more of a player than just a long-term prospect. You know, and right. he's so bad at Damien and a few other events. Uh, the next guy I wanted to mention was a 224. He's coming off a great, terrific performance at Hoopal, Ian Jackson of, uh, you know, Cardinal Hayes. They're still undefeated. They had a big win at uh, Hoopal. And, you know, they, they beat De La Salle of uh, Chicago. I mean, yeah, they should beat De La Salle of Chicago. I think he had about 30 points just all over the place. You know, he can play on the perimeter, grabs rebounds. He's a good decision maker. And I saw him at the Pangos Fresh Soft Camps. He was one of the better uh, ones at the All East Camp. And I think he, he, you know, made a big impact on that 16 and under uh, Team USA team, you know, last August. So, Ian, you know, props to him. He's playing well. Cardinal Hayes is playing well, and he's a big reason why. I wanted to talk a little bit about Judah Mintz. You kind of mentioned him. <laughs> the one I almost stole from you. <laughs> okay, if you steal it from me, I have no problem with that because he, he deserves mention. Uh, Coach uh, Steve Turner at Gonzaga. He used to play at Gonzaga. Again, we're talking about the Washington uh, Catholic Conference, Athletic Conference, and he said, Ronnie, he's really good. He's really, he's like, I don't know if he's going to make McDonald's. He's all, but he's, he might be coming for you. This is Coach Turner said, talking about it, but he should really have a chance, you know? And, and I agree with him. Man, I saw him in the fall. He came out to the border league and he was, he was just gunning it out. Uh, he gets down, he gets by guys, plays defense, makes plays, and he's just tough. He keeps getting better. And as the game goes, he gets better. Like in big moments, he kind of reminds me of a uh, Nigel Williams Goss who played at Finland, yeah, yeah. yeah, Washington. Just how he got in bigger moments, he got better, or he you can rely on him. He's a kind of guard that you can rely on in nut crunching moments, you know. So that's what I like about Judah. Really defends, is a team player. Um, in similar respects, again, he's a different type of player, but I, I like uh, Layden Blocker. Go back to Sunrise mm -hmm. Christian. He had a really big weekend. He's he's a point guard on that team uh, for Coach Luke Barnwell for the number one team in the country, and I just think he's playing really well. And as a junior, is really kind of making a name for himself. Obviously, he he came from uh, a place where uh, his previous high school he had to score and do a lot more maybe. And this team he has to find a role with Grady Dick and and Mark Williams and those guys. He's he can't just he's not going to be scoring twenty five points a game, right? Um, he doesn't need to, and it's he's thriving in that role again, and that's why guys go to schools like that in that conference because they're going to play big time teams every night, as they as they as they showed, and they came away with two wins, and he played a big role. So I look look forward to seeing Layden more. Obviously, I saw him at Pangos Cap. I seen him at a few other events, but I, I'm looking forward to see how high he can rise in that 23 class. And then my last guy, I'll go back to 24. Uh, guy you are probably familiar with. Obviously, we're we're familiar with his family is victorious miller from Crean lutheran yeah he uh was at a prep school as a freshman and he came over to Crean lutheran which is in the southern section of the of the cif and and in irvine and orange county and he's having a great season they've only lost one game they're they're they're, they're you know they're plugging at the fab 50 door uh Crean lutheran and as of the last update is 15 and one mm -hmm. they're gonna play 
Um, Corona Centennial coming up for the second time. So that should be a good test against uh, those guards and that they have. And, you know, Victorious is about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, lead guard. <clears throat> uh, boy, he is really coming on. He's just in the right spot. Like, it's nothing wrong with him being at AOSS prep where he was before, but, like, nobody was right. seeing him and nobody was talking about him. And it's like now he's at Queen Lutheran. He's going to be in likely in a big playoff games coming up here in, in February. So he'll get a, get a chance to really show what he can do, and he already has. He plays with UCSV-bound Coach Keat, who's a forward, and Coach playing well. He played they played well Tarkanian. They won their division and they continue to to play well. Um, he has a good backcourt made in two two twenty four guard Daryl Morris, who's a spark plug, five foot nine, five foot ten. Daryl can yeah. is a big. Uh, Daryl's been around like he's played in middle school events. I've known Daryl since he's probably seven years old, six years old, <laughs> and he's always yeah. trying to get better, and he is getting better. You know, so I, props to Daryl Morris. And, and that's what makes Victoria such a, a, a good uh, prospect is his ability, but he's also 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so wanted to kind of mention that as, as we talk about uh, younger players. I updated my uh, Cal High Sports rankings for that, for that all classes, so you can you can catch that at, at calhighsports.com. But I have Victoria's right now number two uh, behind Isaiah Ihulim, who's in a, total, in a different situation. Right, right. Situation. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the keys to the to the to the car to the car yet, right? The way Victorious does different situation, but you know he's a tremendous off guard, smooth, never gets sped up. Uh, Isaiah, I mean, this fall he was really good against Oak Hill. I don't know if you saw that game at the Border League on TV, but he played yeah, really well. Yeah, he played he, really well. He, he, was, he kept them in that game. So he did. I mean, he boys and just everything. Like he was yeah. very, very good that game. Yeah, yeah. He showed why he's a top five player. So and I have Jamari Phillips right up there from Modesto mm-hmm. Christian. Uh he, he, you know, they played on that Paul George 15 and under with uh James Evans, a, a, another 224 mm-hmm. that he played with Isaiah. They have a really good team that they've played with. So uh th- those guys are good. Again, we'll see how that class shakes out. I mean, we got Ian Jackson, we got uh Isaiah, there's other guys that we got the guy who had that Montverde, who was kind of like the freshman of the year last year at St. Francis Academy, Derek Queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's in a different boat. He's coming off the bench, he's biding his time. So everybody's not in the same situation. So to that point, Victorious is in a good situation for him. This has really helped him. So I'm happy for him. And obviously, when we mentioned his family is his dad is rapper Silk the Shocker. Right. His uncle is not just a rapper. He's a mogul masterpiece. Right. Miller, you know, who's had sons who played in Southern California. And we always like to see Master P in the gym. You know, he's always – he's real quiet. He doesn't say too much, you know. Yeah, he's very, he's very to himself, but he, yeah, he, yeah. He, he's definitely a dad. Uh. Yeah, he's a dad. You know, he has a good time. And I think his son now – I saw his son in the fall. His son just transferred to Oak Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, mercy. Mercy. You know, yep, mercy. Uh, it's funny. My my good friend of mine, Coach Romeo, at uh, Windward High School in about 2007, 2008. So oh, really? that, that was a very interesting experience. <laughs> but he coached Romeo for a couple of years. And obviously, uh, you know, Romeo was a pretty good player back then. You know, but mm-hmm. mercy probably has a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, no, I really I, – I got to see uh, mercy and victorious in the summer and – yeah. Uh, yeah. Both really, really talented. Uh, yeah, they're talented guys. Obviously, Victoria's probably a little ahead of Mercy right now. Uh-huh. 
No, yeah. mer- no way. I mean, Mercy could could be good. Too. It, I mean, Victorious is just that good. <laughs> yeah, correct. We're not trying to down, down Mercy at any at any point. We're just saying Victorious can has a chance to be really good. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's that's very interesting. And I tell people they're like, ah, they some people don't know who Master P is. They're like too much. Remember, I'm oh, like, dude, <laughs> I'm like that guy has three hundred million dollars in the bank. Like, don't even worry about he it. Like, he he get he got so much money, he can't even count it. <laughs> he's, not, yeah, he's not even. Like, cause you know, it's funny because you see rockers, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. You see rockers or like guys that like, don't like rap music. And they kind of mm-hmm. sometimes think that like rappers don't make much money. Like all oh, rappers, you know, but they know like Puff Daddy and like a few guys make a lot of money. A lot of right? money. Like, like certain rappers have really made a lot of money. Yeah. Doctor, all, like, right. as you know, some of your favorite artists, probably, they're not all that rich. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're just. They're good artists. They have good music, but it doesn't necessarily translate like into sales across the board in, in other venues. But Master P, like I tell mm-hmm. people, like, dude, that guy made a lot of money. So yeah, it's pretty he, funny. He, like, it's pretty <laughs> funny how that works out. Because like he used to come watch Demar when Demar was at Compton High all the time, and he was just very low key. He would just always ask, "What does Demar got?" Oh, he has eighteen. What does Demar got? Yeah, he's twenty eight. You know, whatever. So he was always right. <laughs> supporting, and like you said, not too. Not too boisterous or flamboyant, just having a good time. So absolutely, yeah. You know, kudos to Victorious and and Mercy and the rest of the family. So as we close out this episode, obviously we got a big part of the high school season coming up. Uh, everybody that's always interested, the most branded thing in high school basketball, the McDonald's All American Game. Um, now, Ani, uh, it's it's obviously people have a lot of opinions about McDonald's all oh, there because there's only 24 <laughs> spots and, and every year it could be, you know. People have years. opinions on the nominees. It's <laughs> just on the, on the nominees alone. <laughs> like, well, it's funny when you talk about the nominees, it's like I treated it before. I know other people treated it before how to get nominated and like parents just You'll go crazy on oh, man. I got so many calls when the nomination went out. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, God dang it. Yeah, because you're just, you know, there's 800 of them or whatever it is. 12, and it's like, there's 50 guys that have a chance to make this game. Right. <laughs> and then you cut it down to 30 or whatever. So, you know, it, it's it's so brand. It's been around since 1977. The first game was played in 1978. I don't know if you knew this, Ani, but. The first game in 1977, Magic was part of that team with Albert King, who was a Bernard King's brother, and Dean Banks, and who was a great high school player in Philly. And um, they didn't play in a game per se. They played the Capital Classic All-Stars at the Capital Classic. So there was a McDonald's team of 15 guys, and that 15 played the 15 guys in the Capital Classic. So then the next year, my buddy Bob Gagan decided, so, you know, let's take this national. Let's have an east-west type of format. So that's how it grew. And the first game was at the Spectrum in 1978, and it's been around ever since. So wanted to get your uh, take. What's what's kind of your favorite memory of McDonald's growing up? Obviously, you're younger than me, but, you know, obviously you've seen you. I know you watched it before, you know, as a kid and and when you were getting to learn about basketball. What, What did you see? What's your fondest memory? So my my first one I ever watched was in uh, 2003. Uh, LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron. Uh, you know, he had like 27 points. That was – that made me – I'll tell you what. I know I'm going off. Yeah. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Go like, off on a, on a beaten tangent. Yeah. Right. Like, 
I fell in love with basketball when I watched the Houston Rockets at five years old, Hakeem Olajuwon. Like, okay, okay. I saw Hakeem and I just loved it. Obviously, I'm Nigerian. He's Nigerian. Now. Okay, okay. But, but, okay. And so that's why I love, fell in love with basketball. Yeah. I fell in love with that McDonald's All-American game yeah. when I saw LeBron James. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's um, very interesting. It was a big, big uh, – it was at Gund Arena. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was in Cleveland. That was smart. Obviously, McDonald's does that sometimes. They – they go where there's going to be a big attraction. You right. know what I mean? And and I can see that. He was a trendsetter, man. He was big. I, I, I'll go off the I'll go off the beaten path a little bit here, too. Uh, All right. Because we argue about this, you know, with people sometimes on text and on Twitter and shit like that. And mm-hmm. it's like, they're like, oh, these guys like Mikey Williams and Lamel, they're so much bigger than the guys who are. I'm like, dude, you don't. LeBron was huge, like, <laughs> right. so, right. you know, like I mean, he was on cover mags. He was every. What is your kind of recollection from what you remember that? Honestly, you're pretty young. Do you think those guys have a chance? Like they were as big, or do you think? No, like, no, Le- LeBron. Like, yeah. No offense to those, like, yeah, um, Mike Williams. Yeah, they. LeBron was on, like you said, magazines, mm. like national. TV, like, like, yeah. like main networks were talking about LeBron James yeah. as the next one. It's a little different, yeah. right? Like, could yeah. you imagine LeBron James with an Instagram in high school, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or on Twitter. Like, this was no Instagram and Twitter, no social media, really. Yeah. yeah. And he was as big as he was. And I would even say they were as big as him. Like, yeah. I remember just leading up to that game, the slam dunk competition, just yeah, right. everything was about LeBron, 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 LeBron. And I was all for it. Yeah, <laughs> it was, at, your, at your time, you were like, this is awesome. This guy's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and he backed it up. You know, he yeah. really, he really, he really backed it up as, you know, the next one, obviously his career is what it is. And, you know, and now you argue he's the greatest player of all time, but yeah. you know, it's uh, I would say those, like Mike and them were really big, you know. Yeah. And we we like we talked about last episode with the NIL money that you know and all that's yeah. you know. Yeah. But LeBron was like, it's different when you're a hero. Yeah, he wasn't really like a high school star. He was already a celebrity. In, Absolutely. In, in, in respects, yeah, he wasn't. He had already transcended the high school part. He was already part of, uh, I guess American culture a little bit. You could say mm-hmm. he was already part of like the American fabric. I'm not really sure. The high school players were after, you know, like right. Sebastian was a little bit. Sebastian Telfer was kind oh, of yeah. Yeah. piggybacked that a little bit. You had some other stars. OJ Mayo, uh, you know, pretty he, big. Early on, yeah. yeah. He was pretty big. He played in the front of a lot of people mm-hmm. in a lot of different towns. So you had some guys, but yeah, it's a little different feel. I think um, when you talk about a guys like, uh, you know, Mallow or Mikey Williams, they're kind of more like, I hate this. You know, maybe this is not a great analogy. They're more like Miley Cyrus, where yeah. it's like, you know, or that type of celebrity where LeBron is like a, just a celebrity, no different than not an A list. He was like a like he was like an A B celebrity, like not an A list celebrity. He's not Madonna or Jay Z, but he was like in that second tier already to me. Right, people right. already knew him all over the place. My mm-hmm. mom knew him. My sisters knew him. You know, he was everywhere. So. Yeah, yeah, he was ESPN that. tickers and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, his games were reviewed every night on the Sports Center when yeah. <laughs> Sports Center was a lot more popular than it is now. Now, and, and mm-hmm. now maybe Sports Center is not as popular because there's more options. But 
you turned on Sports Center, you can see oh. or hear about what LeBron was doing on just a regular high school game, which is not happening now. No, no, no. no. And yeah, I know they got ESPN next now, but it's yeah, it's, it's more niche. It's more niche. So right. very interesting take. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting take. I, I would say for me, that memory is is uh kind of a memory, and that's not the first game I followed and saw, but in 1991, the game was in Springfield, Mass. Mm-hmm. And the, the Fab Five, four of them played everybody but Ray Jackson. So Jimmy King, uh, Jay Lynch Juan, and, and Chris Weber. And again, sometimes you need some perspective from somebody else. So what I mean by that is like, I tell my family, I don't, my family doesn't like high school basketball like that. Yeah. They grow up <laughs> like that. And and I, I'm, I was kind of self-taught. I, I had other mentors and other repeat, another ways I learned about the game. My, my dad and and, and, and other people around me didn't didn't know basketball like that. So um, sometimes you need some input from somebody else. So I only tell family members, I told them to go watch LeBron. I said, guys, you want to watch LeBron when he comes to L.A. I told them to watch O.J. Mayo, um, and I told them to watch a few other guys, Jason Kidd maybe. But mm-hmm. my cousin was like, he would like to go see a big game with me once in a while, right? And he he, he likes basketball, but he's not – in the high school space and he's like dude he just said it out of the blue he's like i think michigan could go to the final four next year with these guys and i'm like oh. <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah like, whatever yeah he's like, dude these guys are really good i was like yeah they're they're good especially chris weber you could just he was a man you know mm-hmm. like probably six nine two forty maybe two two thirty five just big a lot of guys in that game seem really just like ready glenn robinson was ready he was a future number one pick james Forrest, who went to georgia tech was like a man child uh, there was a few other guys that were very good and there's a lot of good four fours at that time in that game Danielle mm-hmm. marshall sharon wright who went to clemson yeah but so he just kind of said that a little like dude these guys are gonna be real good so we followed him i was like yeah i'm gonna get behind these dudes you know like i like them they're you know I go, Howard's a top 10 guy, Rose top 10 guy. I go, this, that's pretty interesting. Jimmy King's a top 25 guy. And I go, they have another guy, Ray Jackson. He's like a top 75 guy. Mm-hmm. So then, dude, it <clears throat> happened. Like, and they became the biggest thing since, like, you can think of in college basketball. Because basically at that time, what happened for guys on the West Coast is UCLA wasn't that good. So we all loved UNLV. Like, everybody, if you like basketball. Oh, yeah. Not that time. Yeah. No, sure. So. Tark was kind of we didn't know all the back detailings as young guys, but like Tark was being pushed out a bit and like he was close to retirement. So like we just went everybody went straight from UNLV to straight to the Fab Five. It was like a <laughs> perfect, it was a perfect, just I guess like a road or got you know, if you like UNLV, you like the Fab Five. And if you like the Fab Five, you most likely didn't like Duke. But you appreciated them now, but like you didn't like Duke. Like, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full yeah. opposites. <laughs> yeah, just like you didn't understand Duke. I, but like they're really good. So, I mean, you you ter- learn to appreciate them. So, that's kind of the memory. I, I I seen some games before that one. I saw those Sean Kemp one and a few other ones. There were some big moments. Shaq had some big moments. Mm-hmm. You know, Dickie V is going crazy on TV. But that's kind of the one memory I look forward to. So, um, going back forward to this year. Um, who, give me one player out of you think will make the game that you probably didn't think was going to make it at the end of last summer or, or at the start of this year. 
we'll go back to a player that I really that's really impressed me, and that was Jordan Walsh. Okay. I didn't think I thought he would be in the outside looking in. Okay. Um, and I I'm I'm feeling pretty good about him. I mean, obviously it could change, but uh, uh, I thought I know he was kind of last summer. I didn't. He wasn't someone that was like a no brainer. I think it was kind of teetering on the outside looking in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I see, you know, ESPN has him seventh. Obviously, mm-hmm. going to Arkansas. So, I mean, yeah. I, the, other, yeah the, other, the other ratings the other, just had him like, yeah. That's why it was like such a, yeah. you just didn't really know. A big wide range of, of, of selection. And, and I like, like I said, I like what Faith Family's doing this year. And they cracked the Fab 50 this week. Oakland mm-hmm. Lake family with their with their squad. We've talked about them before. And I'm like, that's a good situation. I'm like, because people were asking when they were coming to Target. I said, no, Faye family's still good, guys. They're they're still good. They're still very good. Yeah, like they're <laughs> still very good. And they're like, you know, they were just kind of wondering. And I was like, Yeah, I wonder what Jordan Walsh why this morning. I know he was gonna go to SoCal Academy, and then he he, mm-hmm. he went to to Link, but it seems to work well. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see if you know if he makes the game. So just so you you guys know. The game for the this year, and it's a lot of excitement on it because the game hasn't been played in two years. You know, the right. game didn't take place in two twenty. It didn't play take place in two twenty one. Right. A team was named, but not an actual game. So it's going to be a lot of excitement around this year's McDonald's game. I think the most excitement in a while. And the the game will be announced on. Uh, January 25th, the participants, that is, the 24 participants on NBA Today, which I believe is on one of the ESPN channels between 3 and 4 p.m. Eastern time. So once again, that's at the 25th of January on NBA Today between 3 and 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So, yeah, you know, that's that's a very interesting. And that, that's a big moment for a lot of kids. I, I you know, I, I, I've talked to a lot of kids and I, I get. Phone calls once in a while, Ronnie, you know, do you think this kid's going to make it? Or sometimes, to be completely honest with you, Ronnie, it's the father. Be like, Yo, do you think my kid's going to make it? And I'm, <laughs> I, you know, here it happens here. And I'm sure it's going to happen to you if it hasn't already happened. Yeah, it's already, it's already happened. Already yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah it, it, they're, not, they're, they're just trying to keep it a, a private conversation. So I get it. You know, it's like they just want the best for their kid. Who doesn't want the best for their kid? Absolutely. And that's the game that everybody knows. But this year is a little interesting because there's so many variables. Like what I mean by that is oh, some yeah. people like I'm just thinking like the guards. Some people like uh you know the we got a group of guards, a group of forwards and and Dior Johnson like yeah. But I'm looking at him like okay, are people going to vote like he's at this school, he left to this school, he's at SoCal now, he's at prolific like is he going to be on the like is he is he on the final ballot? Obviously, the ballots are probably being turned in pretty close because we're about a week out. Right. Then, like, is Amari Bailey gonna make it? Like he's mm-hmm. <laughs> played, you know, five games now, the three games at Bass Pro and two games earlier. So that's two spots where it's like those are two big spots. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some other guards are thinking, Am I gonna be in? Like, yeah, like the Arterio Morris is. I mean, just yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. those, those like those guys that are ranked higher. I mean, you just got to – there's a lot of variables. You know, there's a lot of guys that move to different schools, how, how that, yeah. that potentially impacted, you know, their chances and everything. And that's why, you know, I've been getting a decent amount of calls, and I know you probably have too, just, you know, just um, 
<laughs> who's going to get in? Yeah, yeah, because this year you got about three or four guys that you don't – either they haven't played much this season or they've been moving so much you don't really know. Like, it's not like – and then you got COVID, so it's not like they all played 15 games at a high school already going into this announcement. It's like you have these few outliers that are like, huh, you know, is, is he going to be on or like did he play enough? You know, there, 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 there's a few of them, you know, so, you know, like. Yeah, Anthony Black. I mean, that was, that was, you know, you know, him going through it, you know, his stuff. Like, you know, there was, there was this early on before he played. Like, you know, is he going to be able to make the McDonald's game, you know? Correct. I mean, is that going to be looked at as a factor? Like, right. he hasn't played in all the games. But again, obviously, it goes a lot into what you do as a junior and what you do in the summer. But still, even if it's just three or four players that are under some, question that opens up three or four spots so we'll be interesting to see we'll we'll have more about it obviously on our next pod I, the announcement will be out and people will have a lot to say <laughs> have a lot to say we'll try to have a little bit of breakdown of it and, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about more about big donald's and, and just some of the things that have transpired over the years but um, i think for now that'll wrap us up you know we appreciate everybody tuning into the in the paint show presented by ball is life you know, episode 112, we always uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in and for being on, on the pod and listening it all the way through. Again, make sure to check out ballslife.com for the rankings, for stories, or other other podcasts, other things that people are doing. Again, check out the shop. Make sure to sign up to like, you know, sign up for notifications, hit the like button, let us yes. know what you think. We really appreciate it. But for now, uh, Ronnie and Ani are logging off. Peace.